In this place, to find is to lose, and to lose is to find. Sorry, say that again? I, I think you lost me. Welcome to Gotta Memorize, the Kingdom Hearts recap podcast trying to make sense of this mess before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. You might even figure out what's going on, maybe. My name's Joe, I'm joined as always by Wheels. What's happening, Wheels? Not much. I'm pretty good, although I, and this will come up later, when I was watching this, and I guess still even now, I'm a little sleep deprived. So when our the Let's Player that we've been watching, Amiru the Knight, started... The reverse rebirth, the Riku story, which we're about to, Emiru had the, you know, the title screen opened up so that, you know, a new game could be started. And I was staring at that title screen menu at the second item, trying to figure out why there was a button on the menu that said Lorb <laughs> for a very long time until I realized that it just said load and I haven't gotten to sleep in enough in quite a while. Um, and that will come up later. Lorb. <laughs> very soon, actually. Uh, man. Yeah, that's... You know, you know those classic options. New game, options, Lorb, and, I don't know, something about credits. <laughs> man, I can't make Lorb funnier, so I think we should move on. Um, it's really good. It's, yeah, sure. It's really good. I wish that you did the intro, so because I, I really wanted to do a goof about being really ready for Kingdom Hearts 2, but whoops... Uh, this game isn't over yet. Oh yeah, we're not. Ooh, yeah, yeah. We, you might have forgotten it, but there's still some some memories to be chained there, together. There are still some some chains um to be remembered because Riku's here. Yeah, he's been there the whole time. Turns out, but actually, but also, not just replica Riku, but Riku Riku, the real one, real boy Riku. Um, yeah, some really good stuff happens in Riku's story, and I'm really excited to talk about it. So we should probably start talking about it. He is a boy floating in nothingness at the start of this story. Yeah, and he's told forcefully to just stay asleep, which is weird. <laughs> you know, I said that my sleep deprivation would come up again, and here we are. When Riku is sitting there asleep, and he wakes up, and a mysterious voice tells him to stay asleep, I can't help but think that that stay asleep is also a message to me, <laughs> and it was very difficult to just continue watching this YouTube video and not heed the advice of this disembodied voice. Yeah. It, I mean, it's good advice. Uh, waking up is pain. Yeah, I should have <laughs> taken it, honestly. Uh, so, this this conversation in the void is sort of weird. We We know who this voice is, and also... Man, this is just, this is going to be the most complicated, I think, we get for a little while as far as who is who. Cause... Yeah, I, so normally we do the thing where, for clarity's sake, when we're talking about an episode, the spoilers we allow ourselves are to the end of this game. Because that allows, usually that means things are more clear. Uh, because we can be more specific, but not so clear that we're being spoilery for games that aren't even this game. But I think in this case, it's more confusing. 
yeah if we outright say Be- who this voice is because i i guess the 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 kind not confusing way for me to explain it would be the he hears the voice and it's it's not billy zane but it is Ansem Seeker of Darkness, but it's not Ansem Seeker of Darkness. It's someone else who we don't know. Yeah, you can probably totally hear that garbage track. I'm sorry. Ooh, it's back. <laughs> the return. The return. Everybody's been waiting. We're going to get the ice cream truck next week. It's going to be, ooh, it's going to be classic. We're going back to, we're going back to all the old bits. We're going to talk about, I don't know, we're going to talk about Leon Squallheart. We're going to talk, <laughs> everything's coming back. What? It's that I, classic OG Got it memorized style. Well, you know, I just woke up in ne- next to my recording equipment, and the strange voice was telling me to stay asleep. But then he handed uh-huh. me this card that said garbage truck, <laughs> and now I'm here. Um, <laughs> this is sampled from your memories. Yeah. Um, no, that's that's probably a real garbage truck. Um, luckily, I don't think the ice cream truck will come back because it is um, almost December in Michigan. That's true. It would be a while. Yeah. Um, so what was I saying? Uh, we so someone is pretending to be Ansem Seeker of Darkness for reasons to provoke and reasons that honestly won't become clear until later games. Yeah. So uh, there's, uh, there's and the reason you mentioned it's not Billy Zane is because it's not a, it's just because Billy Zane is n- no longer voices the character. And so his his reasons there's like reasons you could read into in this game. That I'll probably talk about because I think they're interesting plot-wise. But it's someone else pretending to be Ansem to do this. And that person, you won't know who it is unless you've played other games. So it'll come up, but we'll probably just say Ansem for a while. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it'll be simpler. So Ansem tells Riku that he's drifting in this liminal space between light and darkness. And Riku remembers, oh yeah, I was with the king and we close the door to darkness and i don't remember anything after that and ansem's voice explains that he drifted here by himself because he didn't have the strength to overcome the darkness or maybe you were too close to it riku's like nah i'm not a demon which i guess is kind of what the voice was tell what ansem voice was telling him he was but not quite uh and then ansem voice and event again encourages him to just uh go back to sleep and then he says, sleep is eternal, but... And then a hollow bastion card appears in front of Riku in this pseudo space. This 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 strange middle world. And Riku hasn't seen one of these before, so he is very confused. And the voice explains that it's a door to the truth. Take it and your sleep ends as you take your first step towards the truth. But know this, the truth will bring you pain. Will you still go? There is no return to the security of sleep. It, this is basically just the the conversation from the Matrix. And Riku decides he's going to take the red pill because going to sleep would be yeah, boring. I, I imagine you wrote down Riku's next line, too, because it's extremely cheesy. This seems like a boring place to take a nap anyway. Very well said, Riku. <laughs> Are there... I have I have qualms with his statement there. I have qualms with like everything Riku says. Sure. Are there places where it is exciting to sleep? Like <laughs> I I and I'm I'm saying this as we mentioned as a big fan and someone who really wants to do it right now. However, <laughs> when I think of sleeping, I'm not thinking of like 
you know, it would be really cool to sleep. It would be so exciting to sleep in the Louvre. I would read. Like, I think the most exciting place for me to sleep is on my couch because I never do it on purpose. <laughs> um, oh, look, things changed a little bit. I'm on the couch now. Yeah, I woke up and like, I'm like, this this isn't the episode of Naruto I was watching. This is like 20 episodes later. <laughs> what time is it? Where am I? And um, boom, we're in Hollow Bastion. Yes. Oh, well, actually, Riku appears in Castle Oblivion, but then he goes through a door. <laughs> yeah, he, he wakes up in Castle Oblivion, and then he uses the card, and now he's yeah. in Hollow Bastion. And he continues to have this conversation with this disembodied voice, which is much funnier in this scene, I think, because he gets there, and he's like, I know this place is Hollow Bastion. How did I get here? And the Ansem's disembodied voice chimes in and is like, this is just a memory of Hollow Bastion. He's like, well, I see people, and it's like, Normally you would, but you don't have any friends. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> no one which, cares about you. <laughs> yeah. Um, which it, it's not like super straightforward about that until you realize it and then it explains it because that's how Kingdom Hearts does everything. And it's not specifically that he doesn't have any friends that no one is there. Yeah. It's because uh, do you want to just skip ahead to this part? I guess. Well, yeah. Yeah, because when he's when he's outside, he yells at him, and I think it's just a really funny scene where a small boy yells at clouds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but also he says, uh, "It better be you." I run across next voice, capital V voice. Because I'm gonna beat you up. <laughs> he gets to the room with the fountain in it, and by that point, I'm like, "All right, is he not gonna run into anybody?" This is, you know, and it, 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 it's interesting in. Like, oh, yeah, well, he didn't interact with anybody. He didn't make friends. And then the game's like, you didn't act, interact with anybody. You didn't make friends. It's so, it's a little more than that, though. Yeah, um, well, because yeah, it's, it's like he he the, left he left some of it behind, like, intentionally. The voice, the voice says, basically, or Ansem voice says, when you embrace the darkness, you cast off all of your friends and family uh, in exchange for the for those powers that you had and then you cast off the darkness yourself because all your heart is good at is casting things away and not making real connections and as a result all of the worlds you go into are empty so basically put simply it is what you were saying but it's uh it's more about the fact that his nature is to push people away or at least Mm -hmm. it was in kingdom hearts one yeah um actually before that is it's not important, but before that, I think we do see uh, his apparently his bedroom, which is yeah, that's a cool interest, interesting little touch that they added. That um, it's like the oh, bedroom he the- lived in, not his Destiny Islands bedroom, yeah. somehow transported in Hollow Bastion, but the bedroom that Maleficent gave to him when he was living there in Hollow Bastion. Yeah, and I wish, I almost wish, this game did more of this thing where it's like using the memories of chain of memories you get to see what riku was doing in kingdom hearts one yeah but this is no this is it it also gets confusing because there are some worlds where i don't think he ever was and yet somehow he goes there like i don't think he was ever at atlantica whatever eventually he meets maleficent yeah because turns out there is someone here and it's maleficent the only person he ever talked to and it turns and she explains that because his heart still has uh she ugh, she uses the word your heart is still steeped in darkness which just gives me an image of just a, a stained gross wet heart 
um, which I don't know why that bothers me, but it does. So she uh, basically she says heart shaped you know, tea bag. Yeah. Even though you cast off the darkness, your, your heart is still steeped in it. And as a result, every person you meet is going to be uh, people who uh, resided in that same darkness. So that's why she's here. And she's like, if you know, if it weren't for people like me, you'd be alone. And then Riku says, you know what? I would love to be alone and never see anyone else in my entire life. <laughs> Actually, being alone sounds pretty good right now. Yeah. Um, uh, it's weird to me that she's so viciously aware of her standing, like her existence in this as place. As a fake person? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll have that same conversation about another character in a little bit. Yeah. So they fight. Riku basically says he doesn't want to be edgy anymore. and He's going to defeat all of the evil memory people. And then you're right. They fight and Riku wins. Yeah, it's, that's, I'm not going to say Sora wins for a while, but we will be saying a lot of Riku wins. Yep. Um, so that happens. And now he's back in Castle Oblivion. Ansem voice says, hey, why are you shunning the darkness? You should accept that shit. And Riku says, you heard what I said to Maleficent. I, I hate that goth garbage now. I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. And then Ansem voice says, you know, darkness... That's you know, your... <laughs> you know, Hot Topic is having a Black Friday sale. Yeah. <laughs> uh, darkness is your weapon. It's time you learn to accept it. So stop resisting. Accept the darkness. You have no choice. And then Ansem Seeker of Darkness appears. So uh, if you had any doubts as to whose voice that was, now those doubts are, uh, well, actually, maybe you should still keep them because <laughs> as we mentioned, it's not actually Ansem Seeker of Darkness because if we you, know that he's dead. If, but. So if you listen to our end of Kingdom Hearts 1 Ansem report, you might have some concerns of how Ansem could be here um, that we won't get into. But because I don't know if it's a spoiler the outside fact of that you remember anything about an episode we recorded so long ago is startling to me. In fact, concerning to me. Well, there's a chain of memories. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it's just that for me, I'm like, well, this couldn't be real Ansem because of reasons. And I just can't. I know we talked about it, but I don't know if it's something I can talk about here because yeah. fucking this game is a disaster. So there's that, which means at the very least, we will talk about it at the end of this game. Yep. But we already told you it's not Ansem, so don't get your hopes up. I mean, I can't. Re there's never really an Ansem Seeker of Darkness without Billy Zane. There's also kind of never really Ansem Seeker of Darkness <laughs> in a weird way. Uh, we've been floating around this concept too long. So uh, Ansem says, you know, you have no choice if you're to serve me again. And then Riku was like, I knew it was you. And Ansem says, yeah, you didn't seem surprised. And Riku was like, yeah, because you're the only asshole who's going to be talking about darkness for an hour and a half like you've been. And Ansem's like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's my brand. Uh, and Riku says, you know, you just want me to be edgy again. And the voice says, yep, you got it. And Riku says, I'm not into that. And then he dives in to fight him. But Riku is repelled by Ansem's dark powers Ansem says, you know, you're only powerful before because you use the darkness. Uh, so bow to the darkness, and to me, only darkness can give you the strength you need. 
Gotta take a shot every time you hear the word darkness. What noise should I make if 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 we're if we are uh, making a joke that our uh, friends over at Kingdom Smarts <laughs> have already made? What what um, um, what signal should I should I send? Um, anyway. I don't I don't know because ever since they got the train of memories, I'm also thinking about Yu-Gi-Oh because Jake immediately thinks of Yu-Gi-Oh when <laughs> yeah. uh, cards are brought up. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, Mickey's voice. Mickey is an orb. Yeah, Mickey is an orb. If you <laughs> you didn't miss anything, he's just an orb now. Yeah, um, that's what Lorb was. It was um Oh yeah. yeah. It was Nope. Light Orb, that's it. Got it. Hey, it. Light Orb, Lorb. I was uh, <laughs> I was like, there's a no funny word that starts with L. Uh Mickey says, you know, actually, answer voice, you're wrong. Light is good too. And says to Riku. The light will never give up on you. You'll always find it, even in the deepest darkness. Oh. And Mickey and Lorb Mickey floats <laughs> into Riku's heart. Yeah, so he Mickey fucking astral projects into Riku's subconsciousness. Mm-hmm. Basically for this whole game. It's kind of weird. Anyways, now they yeah, sort of... <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, they so he sort of fights and some... But it's just a body. tutorial. Yeah, it's just teaching him how to how Riku's play style is different than Sora's, which is called dueling. So back <laughs> back onto the <clears throat> onto the Yu-Gi-Oh. So it ends. I he he doesn't win. It just sort of ends. Yeah. yeah, Ansem says, "It seems you insist on resisting the darkness. Here's a world card created from your memory. Go through it, and you'll see that you need that edgy shit." Is what I have written down in my notes. I'm guessing that's not what he actually says. It's probably exactly what he says. Yeah. Uh, Riku says that, you know, he's going to make it through without even stepping into Spencer's gifts on his way through the <laughs> through the Mall of Darkness. Um, he's he's going to go through and he's not going to use darkness once is basically what Riku says. That's basically what Castle Oblivion is for Riku. It's just a darkness <laughs> mall and he yeah. has to get through all of these extremely edgy shops without... With increasingly up. great values. Um, yeah. I mean, it is. We are recording this on Black Friday weekend, so I think it's appropriate. Yeah. Um, Ansem then twists his hand in a weird way and sort of gives Riku back his darkness powers. And it's like, hey, you know, if you want them, here they are. And then he disappears. And then, you know, if this game was made, like, not by Square Enix, maybe if it wasn't a Disney game and it was made, like, nowadays, I feel like... That this feels like the setup for the kind of game like Undertale or some shit, where it's like different ending depending on if you use the darkness. <laughs> but it has no effect. Yeah, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> Which I think lends itself to what actually happens is where Riku is like, I can use the darkness and be a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Sure, I guess. Let's go to a cutscene in a room that we've never seen before. A very poorly lit room. Well, yeah. Um, with some people we've never seen before and someone who should be dead but uh we get we get their names very um you know yep. it's very nice of them to say each, other, each other's names painfully so as uh we've already we, you know we already made fun of that with Larxene and Axel and Marluxia I think this is even worse of it's characters so saying worse. each other's names when they have no reason to uh so the angsty teen one, so there's an angsty teen, 
who we will find out is named Zaxian. There is a very large man. Big boy. Who we will find out is named Lexius. And then our old friend Vexen shows up again because in the timeline we're, we're back to the basically the beginning of the Chain of Memories timeline. Zaxian appears or, or something like that and says, Don't I even warrant a hello, Lexius? And then Vexen appears and says, What's going on here, Zexian? I want an explanation. Zexian, nice to see you too, Vexen. It's such a shame. The organization used to bring us closer together. Oh good, we have everybody's names now. Yep. Then Vexen is mad at Zexian for suggesting that the organization is tearing them apart because he says, you know, you're only number six. How dare you? Yeah, they also kind of shoehorn, like, or at least it's Vexen that always does it, who, like, really mm-hmm. cares about what number they are. I think it is an interesting character trait for him that he's very concerned about his, his stature. I think it, it fits ma- it the It makes character. sense. Yeah. He's also an asshole, and I hate him. Yep. I will never mourn his death. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck to Vexen. I mean, I kind of do, because, I mean, we talked about this before, but, like, he's kind of being, like, a good guy right before he dies in that yeah, sort but of story. But he's not doing it out of goodness. Sure. So, I mean... There's definitely a part of me is like, no one should die. The other part of me is like, fuck them. So, <laughs> it's a video game. So, Lexius says, Zexion, tell us, what did you detect? Zexion, again, the angsty teen one, says, I detected visitors. I picked up two scents in the castle's lowest basement. One of them was Maleficent. Vexen says, all right, y- you know she's dead, right? Zexian says, no, not like that. I know it's not the real one, but it was a really convincing double. I don't know what's going on, though, because that double's gone now. Our other visitors saw to that. I'm not sure, but the scent was very similar to that of the Superior. This is super interesting. And I don't know if it... I don't know if it's explained in this game, so I don't know if we can talk about it, why it's interesting. But this is like... They they talk about the superior more vaguely if in a few more scenes we'll get to mm-hmm. in this game. What is made clear it is is that it is their boss in the organization, although yes. who that is is not yet made clear. And why like it it you can probably deduce it on why Riku might have that similarity, but I don't think we'll get into it until I don't. I don't want to spoil they, it yet. I yeah, guess. they they kind of they kind of say in another scene. They actually, do that we'll get to. Yeah, but even um, then, that seems like so. It, it's presented in the Kingdom Hearts way, where like I know what it means, but like I don't feel like it's blatantly obvious. I feel like playing it for the first time, not even knowing, it might have been like this is just confusing. Yeah. So I don't know. So basically, they have this long conversation about how Zexian notices that there are two foreign entities in the castle and they are curious as to what they should do and they decide it's probably best to wait it out for a little bit. Just, just you know, get cozy. Camp out in the basement. Back to Riku. This is the greatest scene, not only in Kingdom Hearts, but probably ever. <laughs> All right, hit me. I took, like, I took screen caps of it, and I'm going to tweet it later, but, like, literally I've been breaking myself. Like, there's literally nothing good I can add. There's nothing I can type that properly 
I, like mm-hmm. th- this is what I texted you. I was like, this is either going to be a really good episode or we can't punch up this because it's already funny. It's quite good. So Riku, Riku smells something. Something smells funny, and he he smells his arm. And it's like, what's that scent? Ooh, that smell! It's so familiar. Can't you smell that smell? Darkness. It's the smell of darkness. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> you know how darkness smells. What does darkness smell like? This Riku? doesn't ever come back, right? In in any other game, Riku can't smell darkness. This is I don't just know, but here. He spends the rest of this game with like a particularly strong nose. Because yeah. <laughs> when l- later when he sees Lexi, he's like, "You smell like this," and I'm like, "You smell like shit." <laughs> so it's like, okay. Yeah, it's weird that he can just smell darkness in this game, but he can. So he smells darkness, and I assume it smells like, I don't know, like a frat house or something. Um, <laughs> uh, Mickey's voice says, you know, don't worry, Riku. And then Mickey shows up as, as I think you said, a, like a hologram. And that's a good way to describe it. He's sort of translucent. And Mickey says, it's weird, but I can only project part of my power to this odd place. You need to fight the darkness inside you. There's always a little bit of light, even in the darkest darkness. Believe in the light. Riku says, okay. Sure. And then Riku tries to shake his hand, and it's like, Riku, have you ever seen a movie? Like, if someone is transparent like that, you can't touch them. And he seems very surprised that he can't shake Mickey's hand. It's like, I don't know, man. It seemed pretty obvious that he wasn't actually there, but whatever. (laughs) Riku... You know, we talk a lot about how Sora is um, they're, they're kids. naive, but they are very similar. Yeah, I don't think Riku's ever seen a ghost or hologram or astral projection of a mouse before. I mean, yeah, that's true. Or orbs or lorbs. So. Lorbs. <laughs> so, I mean, he's probably having a weird day. And he goes to Agrabah. And jack shit fucking happens. Yeah, that's the thing. If you thought Sora's story had very little important things happen in the worlds, you're in for a surprise because he shows up in Agrabah, he fights the genie form of Jafar, he wins, and he's back in Castle Oblivion. Yep. So this first, this first set of cards, at least it's worlds he's been to before. Because he goes to Agrabah and then Montreux. Oh, true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And then Neverland and Traverse Town. And I'm like, all right, cool. This, these are places you went. Wait, and was then, he in Agrabah? Where, where is he in Agrabah? He, I mean, it's revealed later that he took Jasmine, but we don't like. Oh, right, 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 right. So it's like, if you're counting that, then yes. Otherwise, maybe it's a stretch. But he's like very present in Monstro and Neverland and Traverse Town. So. Yeah. So yeah, now he's out of Agrabah. Did you enjoy that quick little vacation? Didn't take long. Nope. We're back in Castle Oblivion, and... What's what's up with Zexion? What's he doing? He has figured out that the... What is with people in this game and smells? Anyway, he figures out that the scent that he noticed before is the smell of Riku, and that he must have emerged from the realm of the darkness... And Zexion posits that his existence was doubled in the darkness, uh, and that is the reason why he initially thought it smelled like the superior. 
Vexen says the dark power given to Riku facilitated his, his escape from its realm. So I guess what they're saying here is that their superior is a very, very strong person. And as a result, because Riku chilling in the darkness for so long, because of Riku chilling in the darkness so long, his existence was doubled. So it seemed like he was as powerful as a person as the superior. Which is weird because that's... It's basically he can smell power levels. Yeah. And he has he has like a reference chart that he looks through to see like, yeah. all right, Maleficent has 600 points. The superior has 1,200. And mm-hmm. I smell a 1,200. Therefore, it must be the superior. There's only been one 1,200 before. But it turns out it was just a doubled Riku. Yeah. I mean, and what's similarity to quote unquote the superior goes deeper than that. So it's kind of weird, this scene, but... But that's what they say. That's what he says. Uh, Also, I think they posit that Riku is brought here because of his connection to Sora. Because Sora's here. Yeah, Vexen knows that, but Zexy and Alexius don't, and so they're surprised when Vexen tells them that. They don't seem to know anything, which is weird. Yeah, they're in the dark, quite literally. Yeah, they're in the very smelly darkness. It's dank down there. (laughs) And... Vexen, you know, explains that Marluxia is using Namine's powers to turn Sora into a puppet. And Zexia and Alexius get a little mad because, you know, they didn't even ask. Because Marluxia didn't even ask their opinion first. Vexen says, seems like he wants Sora all to himself. It's a foolish plan, though. Sora's is not an interesting existence. The entity that holds true value is Riku, the hero of darkness. And then we cut away. Yeah, I guess this answers some of my questions about if Zexion and Lexius were sort of on Marluxia's side. They seem like loyalists yeah. here. Poor guys. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. I don't even think we see any cutscene with Riku before he dives into no. uh, Vor City uh, when he goes into Monstro. Oh, um, we're going to do this every time. Uh, although this is the last time you get to make a Vor joke you on know, this podcast. You started it. <laughs> I hate to... Did I? I don't think so. I, I'm nine. Yeah, you did. Mm. Roll back the tape. You're not gonna edit anything in here. No, of course not. Um. So Riku goes to Monstro. He fights the parasite cage. Guess what? Yeah, he wins. Back in Castle Oblivion, because that's all Monstro yep. is. Guess who's waiting outside for Riku? It's Vexen. You didn't let me guess. It's, it's Vexen. Vexen. Uh. Good guess. You got it. Vexen says, I take it you're Riku, as if he doesn't know. And then Riku says, are you with Ansem? Sort of, (laughs) not really. I am half with Ansem, kind of. And he says, let's just say that who I'm with is not the Ansem with which you are familiar. He is Ansem, and he is not Ansem. Perhaps a nobody best conveys the idea, which I don't think is a sentence that makes sense, even in the context of the... Sly, spoilery pun he's making there. Yeah, but they do it a lot. They, so yeah, Vexen doesn't, I think it's in this scene where Vexen sort of goes into like, they don't exist in the light or the dark, but the twilight in between. And I'm like, all right, bud. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, We forgot. Riku says, I hate riddles to that first thing about perhaps a no. So Vexen says, perhaps a nobody best conveys the idea. Riku says, I hate riddles. 
And then Vexen says what you're going to say, which is what you said before, which is he belongs to neither the light nor the dark, but walks the twilight in between. that's not a riddle. <laughs> and the, the, yeah, the look on Riku's face is like, okay, you, you sly, conceited fuck. I said I didn't <laughs> like riddles. Uh, yeah. So they've, also I think Riku points out that Vexen smells bad. Oh, yeah. Um, and then they fight. And then he fights him because yeah, of Yeah, you it. smell bad. I'm going to beat you up. <laughs> Guess what? Um, he wins. Yep. And then Vexen does his, actually, I was just collecting data. You have to have a very high IQ to understand how to fight me. And Riku is like, I've been bamboozled. <laughs> and yeah, and he leaves. Um, he's like, I got all the data I need. And then he, he ghosts. And mm-hmm. we know where that data goes because we played Sora's story. A make he makes replica Riku. Replica, who we'll see in a little bit next time on the show, because we're done now. Yeah, <laughs> I think I guess we do our plugs first, but I have a good idea for how we say that was blank. But yeah. anyway, I'm Wheels. You can find me on Twitter at the Travis W, and you can listen to my show Very Random Encounters. It's a tabletop role playing show where we randomly determine as many things as possible very random encounters what about you um well first i'd like to thank our special guest the garbage truck who yeah thanks for thanks for coming who, on the show. Uh, i mean i guess i'm just gonna give my plug while they're screaming in the background i've been joe you could find me on twitter at ghost of joe which is just spelled j-o i oh no there it is goodbye friend <laughs> nope, still there. Uh, no, it's just saying goodbye. <laughs> hey, do you, it's it, from here. It kind of sounds like a whale. Do you think your garbage <laughs> truck is monstro? <laughs> is Riku in that garbage truck? And is it Vor? <laughs> um, on my Twitter, you can find the things I write. I occasionally write things. Um, I probably will try and write more soon once because I'm almost done with my classes for the semester. I'm a very busy person. And part of that busyness is my other podcast called We Are Watching One Piece, in which we talk about One Piece. Um, I was going to say every week, but we miss a lot of weeks because Jory and I are both fucking disasters at planning. Most weeks. Most weeks. Um, which is better than the original premise in which we record whenever we fi- whenever Jory finishes watching it. Um, so you can <laughs> find that on iTunes, uh, We Are Watching One Piece and you should probably also follow the Twitter for this show at MemorizeCast on Twitter. There's jokes there. Those were hollow shells of Hollow Bastion, Agrabah, and Monstro. Got, Got it. it. Memorize. Memorize.